0: Bo Boys proudly presents. Bobo Boys. A Book Boys production.
1: What's up? Bobo! Oh, no. oh, oh, oh. Boys. Ah, someone's coming in hot and loud. Bobo Boys! Let's let's go! Bobo boys! In your ears, where you listen to pods. What's it like? You listen listen to that new theme yet? I did. And I was like, hmm, interesting take. But listen, I'm not the (laughs) musician. I'm not the musician. No, you're really
0: not. You're really not.
1: And, you know, I, I definitely tried. And I don't know if listeners, if you ever got to listen to my theme, because I don't think it ever saw the light of day. I think I uploaded it and then. Maybe you gave me a episode with it. And yeah, maybe... I'm pretty sure I... Did I take it off of that episode? I can't remember.
0: That sounds like more work than I'd be willing to do.
1: Well, when you get upset about something you do, I mean, you famously didn't like my um synopsis one episode, so you wrote, like, what, a three-page synopsis?
0: No, I did that on my own accord, but I didn't like your synopsis one week because you had a huge spoiler just written into the episode description, which is pretty negligent and been bad of you.
1: Yeah, well, um, listeners, you have about two weeks to read the High Republic Fallen Star before.
0: And let's, S- let's...
1: things are coming off the hip. No, that's oh, ju- I'm, just kidding. I'm just let's kidding. Let's get into that because I do. I mean, we've well
0: once again. I'm just I'm just making a proclamation that I mentioned to you, but you didn't give me an answer one, one way or the other. So I've just decided is happening, which is to say, yes, High Republic fallen star came out this past week the third grown up book in the high republic book series and i believe our intention is to officially announce that the high Rebo boys will be returning for an episode after oh, we have um, to after we... buka bobo uh fred
1: wraps up yeah we definitely and, uh, we definitely have to cover it mm-hmm. josh do you have your copy yet
0: no i've got a lot of other stuff i'm reading i got a big giant book about marvel studios i gotta read first okay but i am doing some reading i'm gonna read it i mean i just assume it's not gonna take me that long and i've got five more weeks uh now
1: i'm i'm curious i mean you're not on social media right now i'm not as am on box of course not but you're not on you know and i should also mention
0: my review of Matthew all autobiography on Goodreads, you ain't even got to look it up anymore. You just go to the page for that book, and my review is just
1: there. It's a He's, big probably, deal. he's probably looked you up and was like... Probably. He's like, this, this SOB, Josh Poboy. I Son mean, of that's boy. a boy. That's not even his real name. I don't think it's real, his real name. It's definitely um, a really
0: goodreads username now here's
1: here's a question josh Mm -hmm. do you goodreads do you do goodreads reviews for the high high repo books that we've covered i'm by
0: and large genuinely genuinely on goodreads with a few recent exceptions usually if i'm reviewing something stars related on goodreads i write yeah right you're gonna find out what i think about this book without listening to my stupid
1: podcast
0: and then i put um povoispodcasts at gmail.com and our various links
1: okay um (laughs) and that's i mean that's that's probably how we have so many listeners um, oh for sure for sure
0: now you are reading Mm -hmm. you're reading this already like i said i I haven't got i already finished it very good, very good. So Pete will not remember anything by the time we talk about it, and I'll kind of remember a little bit but my reading retention is questionable.
1: And um, well, we're also not going to... I mean, this is going to be the tail end of Bobo Boys. So after the finale, yeah. Yeah, so we're... Yes. Late, February, late February, in which case um, the other High Republic, the young adult novel, Midnight Horizon, which... The cover is your boy's favorite Jedi Wreath Silas. So it's a Wreath Silas special, Midnight Horizon.
0: Looking forward to not reading that one.
1: Oh, let's go to the library and figure this out.
0: (laughs) But I will well, I mean I guess if you end up doing oh gosh. No, you don't have to thinking we're gearing well, hold on, because here I am thinking we might be gearing up for taking another break after Bobo Boys in, in that one episode of High Repo Boys, but I was going to say I am also I got the second volume of the Kevin Scott High Republic Marvel comic that I'm going to read here in in the near future, and that that will uh, come up as well at some point when High Repo Boys comes back, whether that is for an episode or more than that.
1: Well, I I mean the visualization of some of the things from the midpoint book of High the High Republic where they introduced. I don't even know if this is spoilers. Then you um, probably shouldn't say it. <laughs> but they introduce like the new villain for mm-hmm. the High Republic and what it does to Jedi specifically. You know, you read that, but that comic's going to visually depict what that looks like. Well, so maybe
0: because I mean the comics are all over, you know they're all telling different stories, so who knows how much you know crossover there w- there will be. And the second volume of high republic comic book because it's a comic book that started coming out you know over six months ago so it's not necessarily going to be all the way caught up because i believe that the second volume covers stuff that they talk about in the background of the second adult book about what avar chris is getting up to and things she's doing that are controversial but we shall see that will come up i also recently after i read that big giant 15 pound star wars book you know good star wars content i feel like it always makes you want more star wars because i guess you know it's it's an avatar of capitalism and um i was like well shoot this is great i gotta go catch up on all these Star Wars comics so i also bought some volumes of the star wars book and the Darth vader book Mm -hmm. that tie into the war of the bounty hunters event that happened earlier this year so maybe like next week we'll talk about that a little bit
1: well the it seems like tailing into this episode, because we're going to see a, a huge bounty hunter, um, both physically and, like, I'm sure people are glamoring about it. I would imagine that character's in those comics.
0: Oh, I'll never tell. Um, yeah, but we have a lot of other stuff to cover this week, so I don't know that we have room to get into Buka Bobo or or War of the Bounty Hunters. We have plenty of room to get into Buka Bobo, Fred. Don't know that we have time to get into War of the Bounty Hunters, but... Um, While we're talking about the High Republic, let's touch on these announcements that came out of the Star Wars High Republic anniversary special that aired last Monday, I believe, um, last Tuesday. It's on YouTube now. It's like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. um, interviews with with the main five, I think, authors of the kind of first wave of High Republic books. And they talk about these books that are coming out. And they also made a pretty big announcement about. Phase 2 of the High Republic, Quest of the Jedi, and it comes out October 2022, uh, and it is apparently taking place
1: 150 years in the past. And what's the the current series set, 200 years? I thought the current
0: series was 150 years before Phantom Menace, so I guess this is 300 years before Phantom Menace? Um, I don't know, you vamp for a second, I'll grab my little trusty book here that,
1: yeah, has the timelines. It's so I'm I, I, there You're... was a video that was, if you go to the High Republic, where they did the bi monthly recap, which I find super useful because it covers the comics recap. So, I'm, you know, I don't read the comics, so um, like Avar Chris, for example. Is majority comic books from my understanding? Like, she's been in like maybe a book, but the top of that, like, the thumbnail is who will survive? Yeah, so, and they're, yep. they're basically hinting that of these 60 random Jedi that they explained in the first book we read, how many of them are just going to be dead? How many of them are going to make it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And the, the best part is of all of this stuff, you know, Yoda's around. So it's like, uh, you know, <laughs> like this know. doesn't this doesn't phase him whatsoever. He hasn't popped in um, to do anything, really. Yeah.
0: So, Pete, knowing that you well,
1: I mean, you know, I haven't read this third book yet. Let's not get into
0: that at all. But what just off the top of your head, what are your thoughts when you find out that we're getting um, prequels to these prequels? Does that interest you? Does that frustrate you? Would you rather they keep forging
1: ahead with the story they're telling? Um, I, I don't mind it because mm-hmm. there's a lot of the characters that they killed off really early on, like I was hinting at, of like they're being 60 oh, yeah, Jedi. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they had this council member and then they killed them in the first 40 pages of the first book. And I was like... Yeah, good point. What, what's happening to my boy Reef Silas now? I mean, he uh, just wants God. to read. He just wants to read in the library. No, he doesn't have a master. Um, so I I am curious to kind of see those. Um, like I would love to see more of like that Trandoshan Jedi skier like mm-hmm. earlier because they've basically just like taken a, that character in a direction that's mainly comic book focused. So I haven't really seen that character since the first book. Right. So I personally am fine with that. So I'm just going to consume this no matter what. But yep. What about and, you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not all that invested in this series. Uh, just being upfront. I mean, I've been enjoying it well enough. I read the main, um, you know, grown-up books, I guess. Uh, I don't know that I'd read them if we didn't have the pod, but I don't, I never regret reading them and I'm reading the comic series, which is all right. Um, so I, I don't know that I'm invested enough to, to be enthused or bummed out one way or the other about flashing back. It does kind of, to me, signal like, oh, High Republic is not something that's going to like end. Like, we're not going to do like nine books, like like three waves with three books and call it a day. Like, I don't know, to me, them flashing back 150 years kind of signals oh, we're going to spend some time here. Though I also wonder how much of a part, if any, does Acolyte, this upcoming series that's supposed to happen at the end of the Higher Republic era, mm-hmm. how much is that impacting this? And are they up at the point where it's like, well, now there's this major Disney Plus TV show and we're like lowly books and we have to get out of the way, even though we kind of launched this era. Now we're butting up against something that,
1: the money maker. everyone and
0: their parents are going to be watching over the holidays or whenever it airs on Disney plus. So we're going to go, we're just going to get out of the way for that. Cause I mean, it seems like the whole reason that these are set 150 years back from Phantom Menace was so that they could have this freedom mm-hmm. to not worry about touching any of the major properties and really tell these, you know, broader, crazier stories without worrying about anything. of that. And now I wonder if they're having to do it again. I don't know. We shall see. I mean, I'll be reading them. Um, The announcements, I they didn't really announce too many of the specific books from Phase Two. They were kind of tight-lipped about that, but they did say that Kevin Scott is going to stay on the main High Republic Marvel book. Okay, I'm just always looking out for the comic book stuff, so I assume it's just going to be a new volume that's 150 years back, and then that Charles Soule is going to be writing a Marvel book about Porter Engel. That is, you know, a prequel that explains how. He got whatever crazy nickname he has, the blade of whoever Buckets what is of it blood? Nope, not that guy. Okay. <laughs> um so yeah, we'll see. I mean, I guess, you know, come October 2022, High Repo boys will, will be uh back at it.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, I'm looking forward to that. The there there's certainly a lot to talk about. Well, then we'll end it at there. So, Yep. Let's get into this week's episode. Um, I'm really excited about it because the first episode was so fantastic (laughs) and I was just thinking to myself, like, you don't really appreciate something until like, you you, kind of let it, it, you know, sit a little bit and you're like, Ooh, what am I, what am I seeing? Am I seeing a Once in a generation product, am I mm-hmm, seeing mm-hmm. just these fantastic performances? Major Domo, Dime. I mean, I'm we're oh, seeing man. all this yeah. bureaucracy that yes. I was like, I didn't think I needed to know, but now I, I love looking love at the desert.
0: It. I love just looking at the sand in the desert. Um, and I think, I mean, I, I do, th- I mean, I don't think anyone actually got their father's the ruffle, but I feel like some people actually. Thought that we were being serious last week when we were talking about um, how boring the premiere was. Yeah, it was boring and we didn't like it. And and why are you doing this? Sorry, sorry, sorry. We love it. You guys are foolish. Of course, we're just kidding. Like, we're kidding. Uh, We were totally joking. And everyone knew we were joking. And no one that's important in star wars or involved in star wars got wind of it and said anything to us because they all knew we were joking and no yeah, one said we're, we're taking this back we not work in this town ever again no one ever said that nor ever even implied it it was just a joke and quite frankly i think the fact that we were able to make such a cool joke that everyone understood and it was such an edgy joke speaks to how well we're doing actually as a company and how uh, it, the LLC is great and the restaurant is great, and there can be just different kinds of success. And we're really successful, and that gives and, us the ability to make a joke like that, even if you and, didn't get it.
1: And, Josh, you know, we are edgy, and some people might think, oh, you're on the edge of a cliff about to fall off. Mm-hmm. No, who actually, said that? The opposite. who said, no, not, not, we climbed all the way up the,
0: the mountain and we're climbing yeah. over on top of the mountain. Yeah,
1: we're, at, we're getting all over the edge of it as of right now because we are physically solvent. Fingers. With, yes we are um, in we are fr- the black we are free so you know free soloing el not capitan in this you know um obviously the power's not off because we're recording right now and we have not figured out the technology to just power with our um big big muscles although right. and that's that's a some fitness the technology thing. will be there because it's
0: you can talk about oh wouldn't it be cool to have a house powered by cardio and it's fun to think about that but until you shut the power off and you're in dark and you can't see that really will inspire you to get that idea made and that's just a that's just like a life hack for getting stuff done is make it a necessity because it's getting cold and, we and you can ca- things
1: you can cash that check now i spe- you don't always have to cash a check immediately you know for no. me personally it can be cool late, i appreciate I honestly, when I cash a check, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should wait a week or two, specifically, let's say two and a half weeks to cash that check, because Mm -hmm. then I can kind of appreciate all this cash that I'm getting when I'm cashing it.
0: Yeah, because we have
1: so much so much money
0: we do we do have so much money we are such uh, high status individuals we are really appreciated in the Star Wars community and I do know that I hear people out there saying like oh then how come you're suing Star Wars and isn't that like desperate move and you're desperate for money and you're grasping on the straws and I would say we're an organization of an integrity Star Wars is an organization of integrity and because of that you do have to make sure uh, we're just holding star wars to their own moral standard and when they use my likeness likeness of my initials for their biker gang logo and it did look exactly like how i used to sign all of my drawings while oh, i was in elementary n- school yep
1: i can i can attest to that i have seen those drawings
0: and they use my likeness of my initials in their little show without asking me for my likeness my initials and their little show i it's just this is just a way of us saying like, hey you know we saw what you did there it's one of these things where it's like you know you, a child does something that's like not ideal but not horrible but it's like hold on little little guy i gotta call you out on this because next time it might be something horrible and you have to everybody needs to know the guy rolls are in place we've got a lot of money the restaurant is great restaurant's really fine. Well. Really, really, just, really this good. is all about integrity and their integrity and our integrity. And we don't Josh, need any money. We aren't grasping at straws. It's about justice, Nick. If integrity.
1: I if I can just say something to back I wish you would. up, is they talk be- about and they talk about this a lot. How rising water, you know, you know, um, raises all the ships. Well, if we didn't get our cut, you want us to drown in content that we're not getting compensated for? Because guess who's drowning with us? Star Wars. Star Wars. Disney. Disney espn marvel. hulu marvel discovery channel apparently
0: 20th century studios
1: 20th century studios so
0: just you know to, to get that out of the way and now we're all uh heated up from explaining all of that uh we do still have to talking about this week's episode of book of boba Bo- Bo- fred and we're gonna do that in a minute i just i do want to take a, a quick break just to you know let's reset have a quick palate cleanser you know um Need talk it. about about cool yeah you know people out there asking like, Oh, the holidays are over. Like we got all these great presents and all that. And you know, now that's all died down and there's less to be passionate about. There's less to be excited about. Look, I got a closet full of these things that I got from this person. And I, I've got a whole closet full of these and they, you know, I paid them and they gave me the books and then whatever I get for them, I get to keep that. I just have to pay them for the books. And I have the books. Now I have these great Star Wars dictionaries in, in my closet. Um, they're just, I just want to, you know, I wish I could give them out to everybody. And, you know, uh, oh, you can't, I can't do that because they're, yeah, s- they're
1: so nice. And yeah, you and don't want to insult people. They're they're pretty heavy, too. People don't want to be
0: insulted by, oh, you need a freebie. You know, I know our fans. Our fans don't need any any pity. And I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at these bad boys. I'm looking at these great um, Star Wars dictionaries. And just, you can, you can V-mail us or money for them. And, I mean, like. You're Like, oh, wait, what can you find in Storage Dictionary? Well, I don't know. Everybody's wondering what's Snoke? Oh, who's Snoke? And I'm looking here, um, in this great Storage Dictionary Snoil, Snoodle, Snoova. um, it's not vampire, Snow Demon, it's not vampire, Snoke, because it's not, it's not vampire, I guess. Slang for Anzati species whose members extract band matter through their victims' noses. So, that's
1: what Snoke is. That's awesome. I never knew that. I mean,
0: that's when you look them up, that's what's there. It's not vampire. So, these are great um you should check them out as far as like and just you know you can email us um the money for that um brought to you by um us and in that cool um and now after that word from uh me
1: um, sponsor i think it's time for the p oh that's time for the p-cap but 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 p and you might think to yourself why would there not be a cool uh, intro music with that and it's not because we can't afford it it's not because of that it's just because this pod you know it's it's for you the fans it's not super super polished we wouldn't we don't do that all right we don't super super polish it but Very let me hit fun. you let me hit you with the peak cap okay so we're covering chapter 2 book of boba fett titled the tribes of tatooine which you have no idea it's called that at any point when you're watching it in real time. But after a while, they do name these episodes. So we're the tribes of Tatooine is what this episode's called. So we're just going to go through this pretty quickly. Um, we got Bobo and Fennec. You know, they had just been attacked by some, like, flying dancing assassins, which are apparently they're really good, although Fennec's like, you're just paying for the name. So, like... Yep. I guess kind of like like um, like apple is is what she's saying like this is the apple of assassins um, so they trick the parkour assassin into thinking that there's still a rancor which obviously there's not and then they head over to the mayor's office and we see Biggs's cousin at the front desk which was kind of interesting um, who's like hey you don't have an appointment so then the major domo or the mayor's major domo? I still don't understand these names. Um, is like, so sorry. Where's your litter? And then like, Boba's like, I don't have a pet. I don't have any litter. So this makes no sense. And then they get this meeting with the mayor, um, who is this very cool Athorian, right? Is Athorian and Hammerhead are those? The, considered the same thing, like that's what Oof! People... Oof! Shouldn't have said that latter
0: one. Yeah, Thorian is the preferred <laughs> nomenclature, dear boy.
1: Okay. Um. So we see the really really cool Thorian. Um. I guess this is the first time. Well, it was certainly the first time we've ever seen a speaking one. There was an Thorian Jedi in the Clone Wars original animation, and then there's been some in the in the Cantina scene. Is that pretty much it? I mean, maybe there's one in Canto Bite. Um,
0: right, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they pop up somewhere or other, but.
1: Yeah, but this is kind of the first time we see um, an Athorian, which is uh, pretty, pretty cool. And the Athorian's like, guess what? The twins are after you. So they go to that, like, brothel bar place again. Thrilled they'll... to be back there. Yeah, and they're, like, sweating, like, a. I, I don't know. Sw- sweating like some pig, I guess, is Something what.
0: on Mustafar. Mm hmm.
1: Um, which doesn't really make that much sense. Mustafar, like, nothing lives there. So, like, why? Well, that's not I don't true. know. I guess it's whatever. I It, it was a reference probably. By the over... webbish bog. <laughs> By the webbish bog of. Anyway. So <laughs> um, then we see just like one of the grossest things of all time, which is just two huts back to back.
0: Yeah, I was wondering what you would think of that. You know, uh, your proclivity for huts.
1: It was a saving grace that they didn't eat that little white rat.
0: Mm-hmm. The little but, sponge mouse. Mm,
1: we're done talking about that. So <laughs> the hut twins are like we're here. Jabba's cousins, I guess. Yeah, Jabba's cousins. Um, hut and Hut Hut, and um, you know they're they're there. It's. I mean, it did look lived in, which is kind of cool. Like, it looked like that those huts were physically in that space. They did a good job with those um, carriers, like, struggling to carry two huts. Dude, everyone in that, everyone carrying
0: that leader hates that drummer so much. Like, that Um... drummer probably is replaced every day because the guy who gets to just beat drums instead of carrying two huts, everyone else just kills him every night that person is killed so someone else can have that job
1: yeah or they their backs are broken and they're just done um could be that as well yeah so then we get to one of the two big moments of the episode i yeah i I didn't see this on social media which i'm surprised it didn't blow up as much but it's also like such a Obscure comic book only character. I can kind of see why it didn't. Recent,
0: not not Le- not legends comic book. This is this is recent. This is since Marvel's acquisition of of Star Wars license and stuff.
1: Yeah, that so this we, character has we, shown up. We see that the Hutts are traveling with their bounty hunter of choice now. Um, Boba was like the bounty hunter of choice for Jabba. Um, maybe there's a few other ones too, but like you know, he was attached to them. They make a point. The mayor makes a point of pointing that out in the episode. And this guy, Black Kirstan, is showing, making his first appearance. Blackistan. Black Kirsten. <laughs> Black Kirsten. Mm-hmm. Um, is making his first appearance in live action. And boy, I mean, he doesn't even do anything.
0: Nope. Except it, just look incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it honestly took me from like. The first episode, which I loved, was so good. Definitely not boring. Definitely an episode that I really, really enjoy. To this, in the first like what twelve minutes, we see this, yeah, and nothing happens, but you're just staring at this character.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I, it's mm-hmm. it's he was so striking, and I mean, I lost it. I was super psyched. I've often on this podcast talked about how Karen Gillan's Darth Vader comic is is some of my favorite Star Wars, and that's the series that Black Resantin debuts in. For the record, Karen Gillan himself says he's not sure how you pronounce Blacker Santin. I believe his pronunciation he used was Krur-Kurur- Krur-Santan. Mm-hmm. Like K-R-U-R Krur-Santan. Whatever. I was losing it and I was trying to think because so often you know, incredible visual design is such a huge part of Star Wars and these characters that look awesome And I was trying to think back on, you know, recent, very cool looking characters, Emphis Nests, your, you know, Captain Phasmas and stuff. But Mm -hmm. so often we're inundated with that imagery before we actually see the character in context and you see action figures and you see photos and they're popping up in trailers and, you know, it's exciting to see how they look and they look very cool and very neat. But by the time you see them, you've seen them, you know, Mm -hmm. this dude I was just a visceral experience because it looked so freaking cool and so imposing, and I had zero prep for it. I oh, mean, it just showed up like, boom, here I am. And whether you know that character or not, I think it's just so striking. I mean, yeah, I don't for think sure. You need to know who that character is. I mean, clearly, you don't even you know, you don't say anything, don't do anything. But he just shows up and looks incredible with no warning. It was a very visceral experience. I was. I'm losing
1: it. He has that rifle that's like the size of a person. Yeah, which is just absolutely insane. He looks like he's going to kill them all, and like there's nothing that they could do whatsoever. Yeah.
0: Like he will um, eat them.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that was super, super, super cool. So you want to talk about him after when we talk? Like when we? Yeah, just... we'll wrap back yeah, around. Okay. Yeah, 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 because we we've got some thoughts. I'm so sorry some... for disrupting the tea. We've so got sorry. some information on him. So then we do the gross, gross, gross. You know, huts, huts, huts. And Mm -hmm. then you think the episode's like, ooh, cool, we're just getting into this. You know, the politics, blah, blah, blah. Nope, 60% of this episode's a flashback. Um, 52 minutes. So it's probably more than 62%, if I'm I'm being honest. Um, We get, like, flashback to some training. We get a flashback to... um, I thought it was a Weequay biker gang, but these are actually Nikto biker gang that he... Mm like goes and messes up um apparently they're minors um i prefer to think of them as a biker gang but there are some like other sources i've seen that calls them a, a minor group and then we see luke's friends not friends in the yeah. bar which are people from the extended cut
0: well not an extended cut that's okay. not a thing. this is not lord Good. of the rings but deleted scene deleted scenes, which yeah. uh first came out when star wars was released on blu-ray back when we were in college which was in the future because we we're very young mm-hmm. um yeah that the big thing though is not it's less i think that his two frenemies are there but that location is Tachi station
1: really okay i I, that i didn't connect that at all that's crazy oh i
0: didn't either i you know i found out you know looking into it a little more i I mean i had no idea what that place was or who those people were but um that deleted scene is available on disney plus so if you're listening to this and you watched that episode you also have access to that deleted scene you can just go to new hope and go over to extras and scroll down i think the scene might even be called tashi station Mm
1: -hmm. cannot recommend it enough um, yeah they're crazy <laughs> they're really mean to him too have you watched it i've i've seen it i have some vague remembrances of it within the last couple of years got luke with his little hat on you got him and
0: Biggs having some conversations where luke is very much like the 13 year old boy who has like one 16 year old friend that takes pity on him uh yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely would recommend Checking that uh, deleted scene well, the out. the
1: thing you also don't under- you have to understand, is like Luke is a huge loser. <laughs> like, um, he's able to you know leave Tatooine because you know his whole family is murdered, but also like he- his friends are awful. Um, although they do a pretty good job of not you know highlighting that much in this episode. Although apparently the woman who plays the girlfriend or whatever, she looks striking to that original character. I think mm-hmm. they could have easily been related. So we get into that. We, you know, do some um, bar scene that wasn't necessary. Um, then we get do this train heist, um, where you know there is this moment which I assume is going to be a gift that people are going to use all the time, where Bobo is trying to teach them how to ride a speeder, and he's like jumping up and down like like this like I, I assume that's going to be a gift for years to come where he's just like r- riding the speeder trying to convince them to do that so you see you know a scene that's like a prototypical like teaching the savage or teaching the native like how to use the weapons of the more technologically advanced people and it's like okay cool and then they do that train heist which um i've i've now seen this episode like 3 or 4 times and oh, wow. Sometimes I'm like, this is really bad CGI. Like, it's, it looks pretty clear where, you know, they're, you know, in a green screen, not moving, and then they do move. So, but then there's a lot of times where the scene looks really, really, really good. So they do this train heist. We see Pikes um, live action. Unmasked. Um, unmasked for the first time, but we do see Pikes in solo. Right. Um, they look much different then the pikes in Solo look a lot different than the pikes in this episode. Um, we see the parkour, Darth Crate, Tusken Raider do, you know, parkour, Darth Crate, Tusken Raider things. And then, you know, they get control of that ship uh, or that train. They spare everybody and say that there's going to be a toll, that this is their ancestral land. You're going to have to make a payment to use this. We see, like a pretty cool reference to like the settlers in, in the U S who would like go on these trains and like shoot bison for sport. Cause mm-hmm. we see, we see that bantha herd um, at one point with that, but they're tr- um, transporting spice. And then they're like, what's spice? Um, so that was a pretty funny scene. Then we get that weird gift um, from the, the head, the head of the tribe,
0: Weird.
1: He uh, goes to Coachella for a little bit, gets Mm -hmm. high, and then has this vision. And at first, I thought it was an episodic vision of things that are to come. But I just rewatched it, and it's literally—I think it's the equivalent of like Jedi going to find their Kyber crystals. To be honest, apparently, That's, that's that's what I was kind of taking a look at. And I'm curious to see if this special tree or whatever. I mean, it's certainly strong enough to like last into the Mandalorian season two and like take out stormtroopers and stuff like that. I'm curious if we're gonna get more like this is connected to the Force, this is has some special blah 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 blah. But basically, he does this vision, gets his stick, and then the episode's over.
0: Well, and they do their dance. Yeah, he is. He is in You know, he is one of the tribe of Tatooine now.
1: Yeah, I didn't really I didn't I mean I don't want to talk about the dance because the dances are always the end of the series and we've got like what five more episodes to go. It's like why are you doing like the Star Wars dance means everything's done. <laughs> right? We had the Star Wars dance in episode 6, we had the Star Wars dance in episode 9. Like that's when you dance, okay? Interesting. This Interesting. makes no sense to do the Star Wars dance in episode 2. Of a sixty percent flashback. But that's that's just that's just me. So um that's that's the end of the PCAP. And um now let's Oof. let's talk about this episode.
0: Let's I would say after last week and that hilarious joke we were telling about how it was boring and kind of underwhelming, we're totally joking. I tried to come into this episode fresh and I as a gesture of goodwill and excitement towards the property i did for the first time in a long time take out my bobo fred mug which is shaped like a bobo fred helmet um to support bobo fred and Google Bobo fred and it's i mean it's a big mug it's got like a big mouth on it so the coffee cools down like very quickly it's kind of cumbersome to drink out of i don't really like it um but i well, do a lot like send... this uh,
1: series for you <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> i
0: did want to extend an olive branch to Boba Fred, and I will say, you know, we're getting this whole you know, I'm sick of these major domo people. I'm sick of them. I'm fed up. I'm done with it. I well, don't like that guy. I get he's he's doing a performance that's like good. Like his performance of that guy is good. He knows exactly the character he's playing, like he's got it down, but I'm over it. I'm over it, I'm over this little bar they keep having to go to with this lady that's pseudo in charge. I'm over it. But then, you know... Oh, also, Matt Barry from What We Do in the Shadows is the voice of the torture droid, which I found out upon a second viewing mm-hmm. and watching the credits. Uh, huge. Other exciting thing. Third cameo, That that he is the torture droid. Because, I don't know, if you don't watch What We Do in the Shadows, whew, buddy, there's an episode where Mark camel is a guest star that is truly... One of the greatest single episodes of television I think I've ever seen. Um, wow. So that, that, that's, super, that's saying a lot. Super excited that Matt Berry was in it. Um, but yeah, in the beginning, I was sort of like, oh boy, here we go again. But then, you know, those drums start playing. He walks out. The huts show up. Black Stanton comes out. And for a minute, I'm taken away. I'm there. I'm going to go far, far away, baby. And then, boom, back to a flashback.
1: So, I'll say that for me and um heads, this is about as close to an apology as you're ever going to get from josh so um you should enjoy it but i watched the first 15 minutes at work and then i was like oh i gotta do other oh stuff <laughs> so i had you know like what 35 minutes left to watch and i was super excited because we got to the black Kristen, and then um i'm like oh wow you're like is there going to be this huge fight like there is going to be a fight between him and Boba. And no Bennett, doubt. No right? doubt. So that'll be no, quite
0: frankly. I'm pretty sure there already has been in the comics. I don't know.
1: But um, Stan has,
0: has fought some folks.
1: Yeah. 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 But I was super excited. I was like, "What? you know, what is happening? This is awesome. And then I get back to my house and then it's I watch like 40 minutes of flashbacks and I'm like, oh, you got to be killing. You got to be kidding me. Um, yeah, but yeah, you know right. it's I, I they'll course correct at certain points i mean like season two of the mandalorian was like kill exotic species of the week um for the last for the first like five episodes and then they stopped doing that and the show got a lot better um yeah. and
0: i i mean i don't i just don't like flashbacks as a storytelling device i would and i know this would this would but i understand like people want to know how i got out of all i picked. You know, and and I get why they are telling that story, like beyond how he literally got out, how he survived, what he did from there. I understand that. I also understand it would be probably cumbersome of them to have a seven episode season where half of the season happens and then they just go, okay, and then remember those episodes of Mandalorian? That's here. And then they just skip forward a bunch. I get that that would not probably work, but man, I just I don't know. I don't like flashbacks. I don't like flashbacks.
1: But well, it's also when we get to the inevitable scene, whichever of the next five episodes in, where we have him rescued by Tuscan Raiders. Like this is that buildup for it. Of you oh, know, for he, sure. He seems so alone. He seems so alone, and then boom these Tusken Raiders come to his aid. Like, maybe even the parkour Darth Crate Tusken Raider is going to be the one that digs out Black Kristen. Um who, who, who knows? Why don't we focus on that character, though, um, for our listeners that haven't consumed the comics. My understanding is this guy fought Obi-Wan post-Episode 3.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then also went after Luke and Han in a comic book series, and then at some point was a member of Jabba's menagerie. So he was a bounty hunter that Fett knows, which is why he made that comment, I'm not one of your gladiators, because that's a very specific He he started out
0: as a gladiator before he was a bounty hunter. He was like Mm -hmm. a slave in a gladiator pit. Um, Broadly... Uh, He in the issue in which he's first introduced in the in the Marvel comic series that takes place immediately after New Hope, Darth Vader is like, "Who is this guy who blew up the Death Star?" and and immediately goes on an investigation to figure out who that is and who Luke Skywalker is because he sees you know once he gets a hold of that name he's like, "Wait a minute here," Uh, and and to find that out hires Boba Fett and mm-hmm. black who's fan there at the end of the first issue and then various adventures i mean he's never like the main character in anything but yeah he and then he's he hangs out with dr afra a bunch for a long spell there so that would be cool dr afra would be uh, a very neat character to see in, in live action i think probably a character that's on the top of a lot of people's list um
1: this just popped in my head so you didn't speak about the obi-wan fights. Um, but he does in the comic fight him, and that's where he gets that scar on his eye. Is that right? Yeah. Right. They don't do a great job of pronouncing that. But if I was Disney, I would be like, yeah, this character, obviously going to be huge once this fight scene happens, and here's another like spot where you can bring this character in, because we have seen and there's a storyline of Obi Wan fighting. Um, this guy because he like what captures Lars for um, Lars for some reason, and then Obi Wan like saves him,
0: something like that. It was it was a single issue. They had these like one off issues throughout the series where Luke would be reading Obi Wan Kenobi's diary, and one of the diary entries involves fighting fighting back for Santan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, it's going to be super, super cool when we see this inevitable fight. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's not going to be on their terms, right? Because he makes that comment, I'm not a sleeping Trandoshan. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, clearly he doesn't fight fair and he's going to pick where and when they fight, which will be super, super, super cool. Um, So that's something definitely to look forward to um, in these next five episodes for sure
0: definitely uh going back to flashbacks though i guess my whole thing now is like i said i don't i I thought the flashback stuff was better this time around i guess i do just wish that it wasn't formatted in such a way that we were bouncing back and forth between these two stories but i was watching i was watching this week's whole sequence and i'm wondering and i'm just throwing this out here like forget that there's any forget that the story has to tie into Mandalorian at some point and it has to explain all of that. But if the first episode of this show that we watched last week was just the Tuscan portions of these two episodes and it was only in the past and it wasn't a flashback and it was beginning of the episode Boba Fett gets out of the Sarlacc pit keeps going through, doesn't flash forward, and it's just an episode that starts there, ends after the train heist, and when you know Boba Fred is ingratiated into the tribe. What do you what do you think of that? What do you feel what do you feel like people's reaction
1: would have been to that? Um, I mean I think the positive comments would have still been the same. Um I would personally have not have liked an entire episode of flashbacks. I'm glad that but it wouldn't have been a flashback. Oh, you mean place that whole thing in like this current context?
0: Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's only a flashback in the same sense that the Mandalorian a flashback because we have Rise of Skywalker, but it, it wouldn't, it's not, it wouldn't be a flashback. It would just be set beforehand. Right. We're not having him in the back of the tank. There's no framing device. It's just go gets out of Starlight like, pit.
1: No, I, forward. I, I, I prefer how they did it
0: interesting interesting yeah and i guess i mean i did i did you know i rewatched this week's episode and i did enjoy it more the second time around i did enjoy it more than last week's i'm excited for this week's episode um i i'd say i have more positive feelings about it now um i guess like it's just my whole thing is like the way that this like the narrative isn't the issue so much as just the way the narrative is being told to me. I don't know. There's three different montages in this episode, three mo- within a flashback. There are three montages. And let me tell you, as much as I hate flashbacks, as much as I hate, Hey, let's cast a little kid version of whatever superhero. So you can see what they were like as a kid and who their parents were. I hate tripping drug sequences. They're never interesting. They're never interesting. They're never good. So three separate montages in a flashback with trip and drug sequence and i'm just like a lot it's a lot you know they talk about how george lucas's style was like not having style like he didn't do exciting camera moves the camera was very often just kind of parked and you know there there wasn't a lot of flourish
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um and i think like you look at even in the sequel trilogy and last jedi and stuff like that you definitely have a little bit more flourish in the cinematography which I think is important. you have to you know, reinvigorate what people think of a franchise, and you can't, you can't just be beholden to you know what the first guy who did it did, or it's going to get very stale. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: like this episode felt like the polar opposite of that sort of lack of style, and the abundance of style here um, I don't know, sometimes I think it, it just is a little too far from my, my own tastes. But I actually have no idea what people think about this show, other than like I've seen the Metascore is like a sixty, which I think sounds right to me.
1: Okay, honestly, I, but I don't
0: know what people are thinking of it, other well, than you. I,
1: I've seen some things on Twitter thanking for this episode, this series emphasis on like the native experience mm-hmm. and kind of showing it from a you know the indigenous people which right. are the Tusken Raiders um, right. for Tatooine and how, you know, they've been here um, since back when there was water on the planet, which there's no way they would know that. Um, and, you know, <laughs> getting into, like, the All right, colonist. different tribes, which, you know, basically this episode explains way why, you know, there are the bad Tusken Raiders, then there are the respect woke Tusken Raiders that yep,
0: Boba Fett's a woke climb crime Lord. These are the woke Tusken Raiders. Mm-hmm. But then what... are they? Cause they just have Boba Fett chained up. I mean, he was going to be, I guess, enslaved digging for milk beads or whatever, but yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And that poor, like, you know, Greedo's friend, you know, yeah. he, he got got in that episode, but you know, they're trying to explain like, Hey, we remember that these Tusken Raiders beat like Anakin's mom to death, and yeah, that's ben,
0: a pretty gnarly part of the whole Star Wars saga, as well. Like,
1: yeah, because he kills children, you know, like, certainly, well, just, I but mean, also, I mean, what are they doing? To Shmi Skywalker, they're just
0: torturing her, it appears, because hmm. he's talking about, oh, some tribes kill for money. Where's money? I don't know, that part is pretty bleak. And it mm-hmm. still doesn't... I, I still have trouble with Cause, that because I'm just like, what is going on here?
1: Yeah, and it's also like, you know, Shmi's, um What is it? Um, no, Lars... I got the names wrong of um, Owen and Lars, but Lars loses his leg. Kleglars. Lars. <laughs> That's such a terrible name. Uh, um He loses his leg, and then Anakin, you know, goes out and, like, slaughters um, what he calls animals. Yeah. Yeah and there i think that this is the extent of the ex- we're trying to humanize human. these tuscan raiders you know there's that kid that is you know doing the stick dancing with you and flashes a mirror at one point for some reason um uh, i think they're doing an okay job like the the, the tribe is certainly um, a group that you root for, and when we see, you know, Parkour, Darth Crate, um, Tuscan Raider come to his aid at some point, it's it's going to be pretty cool, for sure. Um, yeah. I'm and, looking I mean, it, forward
0: to that. And it, it does kind of speak to, you know, they talk about, and again, this 15-pound stars book, or even the Behind the Mask Bobo Fred documentary on Disney+, Plus. they talk about Bobo Fred being inspired by, you know, the Man with No Name, Sergio Leone movie, you know, that whole uh, trilogy of movies and kind of, you know, the cut of his T-visor being like the cut of uh, brim of a cowboy hat and him having the little cape that sort of speaks to like a poncho. And as much as everybody loves to talk about Kurosawa being a huge influence on uh, Star Wars, I think that it, you, you can't deny the influence of Westerns on Star Wars as well. And even Kurosawa was, was hugely influenced by John Ford, who directed, you know, Stagecoach and other pretty big Westerns like that. And this kind of take on the tuscans that they're doing does do a really good job of speaking to the influences the cinematic influences of star wars while also addressing a systemically misrepresented group within westerns because it's like oh star wars was so inspired by westerns but it's also like westerns have not been kind to indigenous people uh so i you know i do think they are doing Good work there and interesting work there. Um, I do it. The other weird thing for me though is I still don't feel like Bobo Fred is a full fledged character. I don't feel like we actually know who Bobo Fred is. I feel like he is still mostly an idea. Like, I'm reading this War of Bounty Hunters thing and he's in there, yeah, and he like has dialogue, but I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, I don't know what his deal is. I know he was like as a kid, I saw him in Clone Wars, but. I don't know what his whole deal is. And he's going on this transformative journey, but I don't know where he started from. I don't think any. I mean, you can you can say, oh, well, I've read all these books, and all these comics. I don't believe that he is an established character. I think he's an established idea and an established look. And I think Tamara Morrison's performance is great, but I still don't feel,
1: I don't know who he is. So let's rewind back to the Ethorian mare scene, which apparently the voice actor for that's Robert Rodriguez. Right. Um, and he makes this comment about family, right? That it's harder to keep a family uh, together. Not
0: harder. There's a callback. More complicated. Because remember, bounty hunting is a complicated profession.
1: Oh. Yeah. he
0: says running a family is more complicated
1: than okay. bounty hunting.
0: Which um, must be super
1: complicated because bounty hunting is a complicated profession. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So that's the reference to that. Okay. I thought it was more of a reference of like. He knows more about Boba's background of being connected to those Tuscan Raiders and, you know, having to go through the um all the complications of, you know, basically getting his litter up um up and running.
0: I mean, I assume he means running a crime family. I don't know that he's referring to the Tuscans, but who can say? Um But I mean yeah, just I don't I don't know. I I'm I'm trying to like I get that as Boba Fett, I believe as but you know, I'm not I'm not trying to deny that, you know, this is who this character is, but yeah, I really don't feel like I have an idea of who the guy who shows up in Empire Strikes Back is. Like, I'm getting an okay idea of who Boba Fett appears to be now, but I'm watching this now and I'm like, is is he just an opportunist? Why is he sitting around with the Tuskins? And it seems like a noble thing, but then it's like, he hasn't seemed particularly noble in the very limited amount of time I've spent with him in the past.
1: Yeah, well, he also does that, like, weird deal out of nowhere with, you know, Mando and Mandalorian season two of, like, uh, we are going to help you until the child is safe for, like, no reason because of that. So, um, I mean, I guess with the Tusken Raiders, like, this is going to be the thing that you get to. I think they're doing a pretty good job of, um, you know, he's been longing for a family. They showed the, like, has he? I have Um, no idea. They show those like flashback scenes of him, like you know, looking out to the not slave one ship, um, and you know him holding his dad's helmet Mm -hmm. on Geonosis. So I think they make some vague references to him looking for um, to belong in some group.
0: Yeah, and I mean it. It would make sense that the, the Tuscan tribe would would appeal to him given that he, you know, I mean, they say in there, we, we've been here since there was water on Tatooine we have roots. We, we, these roots go deep and we have been in this land for a long time. Whereas, you know, Boba Fred is like, Oh, I was genetically made.
1: And I'm identical to all these. And
0: I have a super sterile upbringing and like, it's the total opposite kind of upbringing. So I can understand the appeal. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, you know, who
1: is, who, who the heck is this Boba Fred guy? Is all, I, I don't know. um yeah so i mean this episode i don't know i mean the tribes of tatooine is pretty it's i mean it's more it should be called the tribe of tatooine oh hold on uh, do you have
0: a comment real quick um a tribe of tatooine i almost forgot to say we are what 100 and something 100 almost 200 episodes into this other uh, has never listened to an episode has never had anything to say about this show does not care for it I'm pretty sure she did tell me to say um, put put this in your podcast Boba Fred fights the genocide train so she thought that that should have been yeah, the title of the episode rather than tribes of Tatooine
1: the genocide train. Yeah. Interesting.
0: She was very hung up on this train coming out of nowhere, just wantonly shooting around, and it made no sense to her. It was just like, oh, this is just a murder train. This is a train that comes around. I was like, w- w- wait, they'll explain. They'll explain.
1: Um, I, I mean, I thought that was pretty clear. It was, you know, like the Western train. Like yeah. they, they even flat out, sh- not. I mean, this is an episode, so we can say what I can say whatever I want. Um, like it's. I mean, they showed the banthas. That are just there, right, which I assume that they shoot for sport. Like those pikes are not good people. Um, they're not even good at fighting. I mean, Darth Crate Tuscan Raider, uh, parkour guy uh, mops the floor with them and throws them out into the, you know the sand. So I don't know. Um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting take on the episode title. Call we- to action,
0: listeners. You feel like you know
1: who Boba Fred is. Like, you came into this and was
0: like, this is my idea of Boba Fred. Get, get, was his Twitter bio? Mm-hmm. What is his Twitter bio? As of, you know, Return of the Jedi, he's on, job as a sail barge, updating his Twitter profile. What does that say? Who is this man? Who is this man? What's his deal?
1: You know? So, with that being the case, um, the last thing I was going to talk about... Uh, we see a first-time Star Wars director, I believe, um, for this, um, Steph Green, mm-hmm. um, who did he he has done a so, you know a good amount of TV. He has a couple movies, um, New Boy and Run and Jump, which I haven't seen either of those. Um, he's been affiliated with Luke Cage, that Watchmen TV show. Um, so I think he did a pretty good job. Um, I'll. I'm not as invested as I was with Mandalorian of like, Oh, you know, Deborah Chow is in this episode is directing this episode. This is going to be a really good episode or, you know, we got is big Dave connected to any of these episodes. Do we know? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Think. Okay. Yeah. So excited, excited for when that happens, but I think he did. Um, he, um, I think she did a really good job. Sorry. I, I apologize for saying he, I think she did. A, I think she did a good job with this episode.
0: Yeah. And, other, uh, speaking of behind the camera, directly behind the camera, Evil Dies Tonight, baby. Uh, I know the, the director of photography for at least this episode, maybe the whole show. I'm not sure. Dean Cundy is the guy who did cinematography for the original Halloween and The Thing and Jurassic Park. So, Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty wild. I mean, I didn't like nothing cinematography wise jumped out at me this episode, but I mean yeah, seems well shot. I don't know. What do I know? But interesting tidbit there. My last thing is that now that we are familiar with the process of how to bring someone back from the dead in the middle of the desert, I do think that they will verbatim do this exact same thing with Star Small next week.
1: Um huh I'm not looking forward to that. Well, you know, time will tell. <laughs> Okay, um so with that being the case, um, episode three is gonna be coming out. Um there is no information, um, and we won't even know the title of that episode until like a week after, which um is, is pretty interesting. So, um with that, putways podcast at gmail and we'll see you next week. Bye.